0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, September 17, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. A power sharing deal in Zimbabwe means a weaker regime for Robert Mugabe, but does it mean an improved economy, greater recognition of private property, and an end to 11 million percent annual inflation? Marion Tupi, a policy analyst at the Cato Institute's Center for Global Liberty and Prosperity, offers his analysis.
1: According to the A power sharing agreement that was signed last Thursday, Robert Mugabe will remain as uh, the head of state, he will remain as president and he will remain in charge of the army while at the same time uh, naming the ambassadors and uh, presiding over the cabinet. Morgan Tsvangarai becomes a prime minister. He presides over what is called a Council of Ministers, and he will be in charge of the army. The important thing is that uh, for the first time, there will be more cabinet ministers uh, for the opposition than for the ruling ZANU-PF. So in this Council of Ministers that Morgan Swangarai will will preside over, and that will run Zimbabwe on a day-to-day basis, he will have a majority and therefore the ability to push through Uh, whatever reform proposals he might have, and then have them approved by a majority in the lower house of parliament. So uh, these are the outlines of the agreement. uh, How it will work in practice or whether it will work in practice is unclear.
0: Is this a defeat for Robert Mugabe?
1: It is certainly a climb down for Robert Mugabe. It is not a clear victory for Tsvangarai. um, And uh, that's... uh, Is for a a variety of reasons. I think that Svangarai wanted to, didn't want a a deal where he uh, was nominally in charge but couldn't really affect change and therefore he was going to be blamed for whatever wrong um, happened in Zimbabwe. So he got the executive power to undertake change. At the same time, um, I, I think that he was he was trying to wait as long as possible because obviously the the worse the economy was getting, um, the more he was going to get out of uh, out of Mugabe, who was really beginning to be desperate for a deal. At the same time, Svangarai couldn't wait forever because there is continued political violence in the country, and uh, also th- there comes a point at which. Uh, uh, obviously, the economy is in such a bad shape that you know, by waiting, you are really undermining yourself. So uh, there were there were pressures really on both Mugabe and Swangarai to reach a deal, uh, which they finally did. Uh, Mugabe is clearly a man with less power than he was before, but Swangarai is not in a position of having as much power as he may have wanted. What does this do to the prospects of uh,
0: enhancing the protection of property rights and uh, liberalisation in Zimbabwe?
1: I think that um, what we are going to see uh, in a very short term is going to be the appointment of the government, and we'll obviously have to see, wait and see, who who the ministers are, and we'll know more about the general direction of the of the country and its economic policies depending on. Uh, whom Morgan Swanger I chooses as his Minister of Economics and so on. But um, I think that the government will be well advised to tackle the question of hyperinflation immediately. Um, that can be done through realistically by uh, having a currency board or dollarizing the economy. The economy is already largely dollarized, and so that shouldn't be very difficult. And... Um, um, th- that is going to be the the, the first step. Reconstitution of Reconstituting private property rights and uh, the rule of law is obviously a, uh, a long-term project and it will take more time. Um, but um, I, I think it would be wise to start with hyperinflation and then move on to other areas of the economy which have been compromised by the past decade of misrule. Western powers have made it very clear that they will only deal with and help government that is uh, that is run by Morgan Swangerai, and um, so in that sense you might say that because he won the. Uh, the lower house elections, his party won the lower house elections. He was seen as the legitimate rule of the country, or a legitimate head of the country. But I think that much more on Mugabe's mind was, was the deteriorating economy and the fact that he wants to pass the baton for economic responsibility onto somebody else. Now, the, the government will function for 18 months before it will has, it has to produce a constitution, new constitution. And um, although it can work, it has a constitutional mandate to work for up to five years, I think that after the next 18 months, we are likely to see a fresh election, which will then result in a complete annihilation of uh, Mugabe and the ZANU-PF. Um, so uh, we are really—it's it, really going to be the next 18 months. I—I I, I don't expect drastic changes to happen, but I do expect a new constitution that will then pave ways for way for um, um, a, a um, free and fair elections that will give us a better sense of uh, where the Zimbabwean people really are in terms of their political loyalties.
0: Marion Tupi is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute Center for Global Liberty and Prosperity. You can read more of his work on Zimbabwe at cato.org.